Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for joining this week's edition of the Albany Update. This week, the Supreme Court of the United States announced that in December, oral arguments will be heard in a case that could overturn Roe v. Wade. Speaking of the courts, a Christian adoption and foster care agency in central New York finds itself defending its right to serve children in need and their families in a manner consistent with the ministry's faith. We'll have more details a little later in today's program. Next up, Governor Kathy Hochul continues to make appointments to her administration, and one with strong ties to Planned Parenthood is raising eyebrows in the pro-life community. Then, the presumptive Republican and Conservative Party candidate for New York State Governor in 2022, Lee Zeldin, disclosed that he has been diagnosed with cancer, but thankfully, he also announced that he is in full remission. Last, there is a troubling story out of the Finger Lakes region. There, a fertility doctor was allegedly and fraudulently serving as the sperm donor for women seeking assisted reproductive services. It's still the Wild West in many ways when it comes to these types of services, and at the very least, the state needs to start reining in some of these rogue individuals. Let's get started. The Supreme Court of the United States is scheduled to hear the case of Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization on December 1, 2021. As I have previously reported, Dobbs is a key abortion case out of the state of Mississippi that pro-lifers hope will lead the Supreme Court to overturn the Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey decisions. In Dobbs, a plaintiff abortion provider has challenged a 2018 Mississippi law that bars abortions after 15 weeks gestation. The law violates the court's legally baseless and morally bankrupt Casey decision, which held that states may not ban pre-viability abortions. According to National Review, a decision in Dobbs is expected next June. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms continues to ask for prayer for the Supreme Court in regard to the Dobbs case. Politically, it would be easiest for the court to either decide the Dobbs case on narrow technical grounds, uphold Roe and Casey, or modify Roe and Casey without doing away with them altogether. However, none of these outcomes is acceptable. Millions of unborn children have lost their lives due to the court's disastrous decision in Roe, and its failure to overturn Roe when an opportunity arose in Casey. In this case, the court must do what is morally and legally right, overturn Roe and Casey and allow states to set their own abortion policies without court interference. The time is now. Next, there are new developments in the case of New Hope Family Services, the Syracuse-based Christian Adoption and Foster Care Agency that the state of New York is trying to shut down because it only places children with couples consisting of a mother and father committed to each other in marriage. While two federal courts have already found a New Hope's favor on First Amendment grounds, its attorneys at Alliance Defending Freedom have reported that the state has served threatening demands for information upon the organization. Those demands were allegedly based on a complaint from someone who never even applied for adoption services from New Hope. In response to those demands, ADF has filed a new lawsuit, New Hope Family Services v. James, in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of New York. 
According to ADF, New Hope has placed more than 1,000 children in permanent homes and has never failed to secure a permanent home for any child entrusted to it. The organization is entirely private and receives no government funding. ADF Senior Counselor Roger Brooks commented, What is happening to New Hope Family Services is part of a disturbing trend from Alaska and Washington to Colorado and New York. Activists are weaponizing the legal system to ruin those who simply disagree with them. We have filed this lawsuit to put a stop to state officials' illegal and indefensible harassment of New Hope, which only wishes to continue serving New York families as it has for more than 50 years. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms thanks both New Hope and ADF for their faithful services to the Lord and prays for a swift and just court decision that will allow New Hope to continue helping children and families. Next up, in early September, Governor Kathy Hochul denounced the pro-life Texas heartbeat law and laid out a set of proposals to intensify the state of New York's depraved embrace of the abortion industry. The governor called for a state-run education campaign about abortion access, an effort to ensure that telehealth services can be used to facilitate pill abortions and the creation of an abortion access fund. Decrying the, quote, extremists and, quote, crazy people in places like Texas who support pro-life policies, Governor Hochul asserted that New York should be a safe harbor for abortion-minded women from states where abortion access is restricted. Unfortunately, a recent staffing decision made by Governor Kathy Hochul only served to emphasize her seriousness about promoting abortion. On September 22nd, the governor appointed Robin Chappelle Golston, the president and CEO of Planned Parenthood Empire State X, to the position of executive deputy secretary to the governor. As Spectrum News pointed out, the appointment of Golston comes as abortion rights are expected to be a major issue in the coming elections, following a Supreme Court ruling in Texas and pending cases before the court. Golston's resume includes experience working for U.S. Senators Hillary Clinton and Kirsten Gillibrand. During her tenure with Planned Parenthood, Golston once described pro-life demonstrators in Albany as, quote, scary. What is truly scary is the fact that our new governor considers it appropriate to hire a Planned Parenthood director to a high-level leadership position in her administration. In other news, on September 17th, Representative Lee Zeldin, the presumptive Republican nominee for governor of New York in the 2022 election, announced that he had been diagnosed with early-stage leukemia in November 2020. Representative Zeldin reportedly spoke about his diagnosis at an Ontario County Republican Party dinner to encourage Ontario County Chairwoman Tricia Turner in her health struggles. Later, Representative Zeldin stated that he had achieved complete remission, was expected to live a normal life, and has no evidence of this disease in his body at present. Representative Zeldin added that his treatment has not caused any side effects, and that he had been fully able to campaign and to undertake his duties as an Army Reserve. The congressman's doctor had described him as incredibly healthy. Representative Zeldin's diagnosis occurred six months before he announced his candidacy for governor. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is thankful to the Lord that Representative Zeldin has responded well to his cancer treatments and is now in remission. 
we pray that his cancer will not recur and that the strenuous activity of a gubernatorial campaign will not adversely affect his health. We also pray for his wife Diana and their daughters. And in our final news story of the day today, a recent article in the Rochester Democrat and Chronicle highlights the problem of fertility fraud. The recent phenomenon of genetic ancestry testing has revealed that some physicians running fertility clinics defrauded their patients while claiming to have used donated sperm to impregnate women via assisted reproduction technologies. The physicians actually used their own sperm. For example, the Democrat and Chronicle reports that a woman from Geneseo, New York, found that her obstetrician, Morris Wartman, was her biological father. His fertility clinic had helped her mother to become pregnant years earlier. Eve Wiley, a woman from Texas, knew that her parents had sought help from a fertility clinic. Some years ago, she located the man that she thought was her biological father. In 2018, however, she found that her actual biological father was the doctor who led the fertility clinic that her parents had visited. Wiley reportedly discovered there were no regulations or laws that required fertility doctors to ensure that the donors were actually who the physicians claimed them to be. There was informed consent for the procedures, but not informed consent for the reproductive materials, she said. In addition to feeling betrayed, the children of these physicians have been deprived of potentially life-saving information about their biological father's medical histories. Some cases of fertility fraud have been kept out of the headlines through the use of financial settlements and non-disclosure agreements. A bill sponsored by New York Assemblymember Jonathan Jacobson, a Newburgh Democrat, would attempt to prevent fertility fraud. The bill would reportedly make it a crime to use sperm from anyone other than the person purported to be the donor. The bill would also allow for lawsuits for money damages. Because the dishonesty involved in fertility fraud is worthy of punishment, New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms supports the proposed legislation in concept. However, we also believe it is appropriate for the state of New York to consider whether some of the assisted reproductive technologies that are in use in our state should be occurring in the first place. Now, if you've made it to this point in the program, you've probably noticed that there was something going on with my voice the last couple of weeks. I've been recently diagnosed with a case of Bell's palsy, and hopefully it's temporary. In 80% of the cases of those with Bell's palsy, uh, there is complete healing and restoration within months of having received the diagnosis. However, it's probably going to impact my speech for a while. So thank you for bearing with me and praying with me as we work through this together. I really do appreciate the prayers of God's people across this state. And I'm asking that God would give me healing so I can get back to what I am normally used to doing without the speech impediment that I currently have. And frankly, an eye that is uh, struggling to be able to read and type and do the things that I normally do around the office. So if those of you who are praying, uh, thank you for praying for me, praying for healing, and thank you for tolerating my voice in these uh, podcasts and programs that I'm bringing your way. Now, finally today, there is something that I do want to share with you, and that is that we have a couple of banquets, dinners, that are coming up around the state. There are two more left on the calendar this year. We recently had a great event in Rochester, so if you were hoping to come to the Rochester dinner, well, it's too late. You've missed your opportunity. However, 
If you are in the Oneonta area or can get there, there's going to be a tremendous event on October 1st at Brooks House of Barbecue in Oneonta. Now, Brooks provides a fabulous meal. People always enjoy it. But we meet in a little building called The Roost behind the main restaurant. And that allows us the opportunity to gather in a room with just us. And we're going to have really like a town hall format, a Q&A, in which you'll be able to ask questions of me. And I'll be able to tell you what I know concerning the state and national issues that we're talking about. We're also going to have a similar event on October 7th in Buffalo at Salvatore's Italian Gardens. So on October 7th, we'll have a similar style event in which I'll be fielding questions from audience members. And I want to encourage you to consider coming to either Brooks House of Barbecue or Salvatore's Italian Gardens for one of our remaining events in 2021. There's been a lot going on over the last couple of years. And yes, some of it is legislative. Some of it is related to vaccine and mask mandates, uh, the, the role of government, how large government's going to be in our lives. There is a lot to talk about. And people are certainly enjoying a format in which they can bring up the topic and we can interact about that. So if you're in Oneonta or Buffalo, I hope to see you at one of the remaining events. And once again, thank you for continuing to pray for New Yorkers for constitutional freedoms and my healing from this Bell's palsy diagnosis. I truly appreciate our listening audience. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.